0: Thank you for listening to the Caleb Hires podcast. I'm here to help you win the war for love. If you're new here, subscribe or check out my website, calebhires.com, for more resources. Today's episode is part one of an interview with my friend Joey Papa, who has a podcast called The Failed Christian Podcast. We talk about what that term means and how being, quote, a failed Christian has changed his relationship with God, the church, and others. I know this will help you. Check it out. Today! I have my dear friend, I'm going to bring him on in just a second, Joey Papa. Joey Papa is an amazing cinematographer. He is an incredible artist. He's a dear friend. And he is now uh, hosting a podcast called The Failed Christian. The Failed Christian Podcast. And you can check that out at thefailedchristian.com. It's on all different platforms. And I'm actually on an episode of The Failed Christian Podcast coming out in just a few days. So you'll be able to check that out. But right now, I just want to bring him on, and we're going to talk about what this means to fail and you know still be uh, a lover of God, a lover of Jesus, what that means. So, Joey, hello, my friend, good to see hey. you.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Doing great, man. Thank you for being on this. It's like we're you know, I already recorded yours, I gave you all the pressure of doing it live with me, so you're welcome. I'm <laughs> <laughs> down. Yeah, I know you're down. You're awesome, man. So appreciate you. So just give, I gave a little bit of an intro, but could you just kind of give a brief history of who you are, what you do? You have multiple endeavors online and I love everything you do. So just tell the people what you got going on quickly.
1: Yeah, I um, was someone who was raised in the church my entire life, gave my life to Jesus at nine um, and had a very long journey through the church. I've been in many different churches throughout my life um land it as a um video producer i also have a youtube channel joey talks which centers a lot on mental health and like natural alternative ways to help support your mental health um and now i'm a podcaster
0: yeah come on and you Go to my church,
1: <laughs> and I go to your church.
0: Yes, you're a member of the resting place. So, really thankful for you. And I mean, we've had so many conversations offline uh, about these concepts and these things, and we've even walked through things together. Uh, just in our brief history, it's been a uh, how long we know each other?
1: Uh, almost two years.
0: Almost two years. Yeah, and I'm just always um, I don't know. I just have a deep love for you, and you know that. I hope, and yeah. I I love your perspective on jesus and your authentic and raw approach to the hard stuff to the hard question there's so many people who frankly don't have the guts to even discuss what you're talking about more much less start the conversation on some of these things so i really appreciate your courage in that and so I would love to, um, just again, we're going to talk about this idea of failing as a Christian, the Failed Christian podcast that's available on all platforms. And today we're going to talk about the concept and kind of just talk through it on um, what you mean by that. So let's start there. What what do you mean when you say the failed Christian? Are you deconstructing? Have you lost your faith? Uh, do you no longer believe in Jesus? What does that mean? I, I watched the comment threads on your stuff, so... What does that mean, yeah. Joey, the failed Christian?
1: Yeah, I definitely upset a lot of people on TikTok just by the name of the podcast alone. So uh, <laughs> TikTok is brutal. That's all I'll say. Um, but no, it is a play on words, and um, I have a introductory episode that kind of goes into more depth on what I mean. But really, what I'm getting at is that there, I was raised in a church environment where um, a this type of person would be seen as a successful Christian. And it was very ideal. Um, It was something I always felt like I was striving towards. I did a really good job at filling that role. But what I found was that what it produced in my life was constant striving, increased anxiety, always feeling like God was at the very least disappointed with me, if not upset Mm. with me um and just started i i lived my teenage life especially very works oriented um wearing myself out having a very poor self-image because of a lot of the striving i was doing in my faith and as i grew up uh things have occurred in my life that i never thought in a million years would happen i've lost a child she was three and a half years old um i'm divorced which i would have never thought that would have happened um, to me. Didn't believe in divorce, but I am divorced. So Mm -hmm. go, go work that one out. Um, I've had a battle with depression my entire life, had a mental breakdown when my wife said she wanted to leave me. So I ended up in the psych ward because I was suicidal. Um, My son got cancer and 2020 was a doozy. I am a video producer. So All of my work is shot live and in person. And so I had seven or eight projects lined up for 2020 and every single one of them canceled. So I went from making a decent amount of money to no money, literally none felt like overnight. And so I've had financial difficulty. I've had relational difficulty. I've had my own self difficulty with my own mental battles. Right. And the irony is, is that at my lowest points. Is when i had the greatest revelations of god's grace so what was taught to me to be that ideal christian one didn't add up and two it wasn't the very nature or character of god it's not what god really wanted for my life what i discovered is god wants me wow in my fullness in my brokenness in my confusion in the midst of my disparity he wants me and he meets me there. And so that scripture that says um, a broken and contrite spirit, he will not deny. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times we think about that as just like, oh, I want to be a humble person. But I think it's it's more gritty than that. It's more human than that. Meaning when you when your heart is torn to shreds and you are left to die, figuratively speaking, God is so near and so close. And I have experienced the greatest interactions with God when I have been left to die, you know, theoretically speaking, and Mm -hmm. that got me thinking. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of things within my Christian faith that I have processed over the years, since I was young. Um, I have not deconstructed, I'm not part of that camp. I don't have a problem with that camp. I'm just not a part of it. I don't identify with, um, you know, just the way that that whole movement has come about it's just not who i am or how i see things but um, i do think those conversations are really important for people to have so sure. i'm not sure not against deconstruction people Um still in love with jesus he is the foundation of my life like i am head over heels about him and um have gotten to know him through lots and lots of trial
0: yeah so you've said to me personally. And it's it's just tying a bow on what everything you just said. And thank you for be, again being yourself and being so real and open and vulnerable with our audience here. Um, and someone on TikTok is saying you're actually you're you're describing their life right now. So uh, I believe this is really going to help a lot of people. But you um, have said to me personally that you're more in love with Jesus now than you've ever been in the midst of feeling like a failed Christian.
1: Yes. Yeah. And some of those some of those things that I'll point out are um, and a lot of these things that I'll say were taught to me were more caught, like no one preached this from a pulpit. Right. But as I've grown up, I'm 43 now. So I've been a Christian for over 35 years. There's a lot within Christian culture that is caught, not so much taught from a platform. And one of those things was my mental health. Mm. Um, I always carried around this, interpretation within myself that my struggle with depression was because I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't praying enough. I wasn't fasting enough. I wasn't worshiping God enough. I didn't have enough faith. Mm -hmm. And that stuff is exhausting. I mean, that is exhausting. And it, it, in my opinion, it taints taints the very character of who God is and how he interacts with us as humans. Amen. So yeah, I've failed in that, in the light of the christian expectation that i was raised in and what i felt strongly from many churches that i've been a part of um, i call it christian culture which i think is very different than true faith in jesus you know there's a culture that's been created around christianity and it's very distinctive it's very measurable um but so much of it has nothing to do with the gospel or the life or the teachings of jesus
0: absolutely absolutely so the The failed Christian moniker is really the failure to attain a status or uh, the execution of Christian culture as we know it. And that Christian culture as we know it is not always biblical uh, and is often just the traditions of man that have been passed down. And it's in our in our context, it's very simply cultural. Whereas in other places of the world right now, in this moment, not talking about other ages of the earth, this moment, it's not even applied the same way. And yeah. so you're speaking to those things. You've been a failure at those, what I would call tertiary uh, elements of a faith community.
1: Yes. The way that Christianity has been propped up and defined and, and um, proclaimed that this is what a successful Christian looks like. Right, You know, and I say on my podcast, I feel like I've had a conversion of sorts. Like I identify with Saul, you know, um, the apostle Paul before he was Paul, where he was a zealot, he was a religious zealot. Um, and he thought in his mind, he was doing all of these things to protect his faith, to protect his religion. And he was murdering Christians to do so. And I was that Christian zealot, especially in my younger days, as a teenager in my twenties, I was so quote unquote, like passionate for God, but I didn't realize I was hurting people, judging people, being dismissive of people. And, you know, I've had a conversion of sorts. And now just like Paul, after he became Paul, then proclaims, I'm the worst of the sinners. Like, once you have a revelation of how human we are, there's no more of this, like, you know, uh, being so zealous for these particular expectations of what it means to be a Christian all you really care about is being fully authentic and vulnerable before God not even man like just before God that's where it starts because that's where we meet him he doesn't you know we don't we don't put on a, a particular like um clothing or dress ourselves up and then you know come to God and obviously we hear that a lot in church but I had to go through a lot of tough times to actually grasp what that meant to come before God completely raw, naked, mm-hmm. vulnerable, mm-hmm. showing all of my dysfunctions, all of my hangups, all of my questions and and finding love and embrace instead of judgment and dismissal.
0: Right. Right. So good. And it makes me think of that verse, you know, you got God's looking for worshipers, you know, who worship in spirit and in truth. The word truth is aletheia or aletheia. Uh, I've heard it pronounced multiple ways, but it means my definition, my culmination of definition is bare naked honesty. It means nothing hidden. It's completely exposed. The only way to truly worship God is to come in realness and who you are. And so many times people come into church or whatever and, you know, the whole, how are you doing? I'm fine fine. You know, I'm good. Yeah. God is good. Bless you. I know. I know you, you grew up that way too. Like I had to just, whatever yeah. people say the mask, the the Christian mask. Right. And then, but God is like actually not happy with that. He's actually grieved by our coming to God that way with a mask on think, thinking we need to raise our hands because the second person in the second row expects us to, you know, I tell people at our church, you've heard me say it, that if you're more aware of the people around you than the person of Jesus, then you're not worshiping properly. Yeah. Like you're, you should have an awareness of him. His goodness his mercy. And you should not be thinking about what other people think you should be thinking about him. Right? So that whole masquerade is just so toxic and it fell off of you because you were honest and cause you were open because you came to God with a real vulnerable heart and through hardship, you were able to lean into the true grace of God. So th- this, this brings that first kind of like, part of it. I want to I want to drive, dive deep into how you feel that revelation, that rawness, that authenticity, that aletheia posture has changed your relationship with God as a failed Christian. Like you you've thrown out the the tertiary right like even jesus said it you know you put the the traditions of men over the commands of god you say whatever i was going to give to my parents is corbin meaning it's holy unto god and so i don't have to support my parents at all age that's one of the instances where jesus called this kind of stuff out if you're looking for a biblical context or you're mad this is a biblical concept that jesus spoke about with that corbin idea he called the religious leaders out for putting things that were their idea as the ordained word and tradition of God, but they're just the tradition of men. Paul called it the doctrine of demons, the traditions of men. So I'm not bothered by the, the, the language. And I know you're not, it's your idea. So, but in the, in that reality, in that concept, as you've wrestled with that through pain and turmoil and authenticity, how has that affected your relationship with God? Is God like freaked out by you? Are you, you know what I mean? What do you sense the Spirit of God is like in response? Because it's a relationship, right? It's a two way thing. He's not just like, he didn't just uh, create it all and check out. He's very present, right? Even to, like you said, to the contrary heart. How has that changed your relationship with God as a failed Christian?
1: Well, I learned a lot of this through a lot of trauma. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it always has to be that way. I just think that God's intelligence is way beyond ours. And he really does use all things uh, for our good, you know, that are called according to his purpose. And um, in my story, that's all I can really speak to because it's been my experience. But So for me, when my wife said she wanted a divorce, um, I fell apart mentally i could not handle nor process the level of rejection and abandonment that i was feeling in that and then what really took me even lower was thinking about my children Um, when i thought about them being from a broken family um that shattered my worldview Mm. like completely and went into a really severe depression so much so that i lost all reason for living i did not want I didn't want to live. I wanted to die more than I wanted to live. Um, and I I've never been that low before in my life, even though I've dealt with depression my entire life. And the the thing that really um previed me to how bad I was as far as into depression was I didn't care about anything anymore. I didn't even care about being a good dad, which is like mm-hmm. the cornerstone of my life. Yeah. Um and so, sorry. That Don't be sorry. Glue in there. So anyway. <laughs> Don't be uh, sorry. No. Being a good dad is like a huge part of my mission on this earth. And when I started to see that within myself, I started telling my friends, I'm not okay. Like something right. is, I'm really low. When I got to that point, there was nothing left. Right. Uh, there was nothing left that I cared about or that I wanted. And I could feel the presence of God so strongly with me in the midst of my despair mm-hmm. that I didn't care about theology. I didn't care about doctrine. I didn't care about church policies. I felt like one of those people in scripture that came to Jesus and ripped the roof off of the house or pushed through a crowd just so I could touch him. And those stories were told to me my entire life. And I always tried to be that. I always wanted to be that person that loved God so much that I would do anything. But it wasn't until I was in utter despair that I could identify with those people. I was so desperate because I didn't want to want to die. I wanted to to live, but I couldn't get myself there. And when I met him there, (laughs) Everything changed. I I did. I didn't care, and I still don't care about much in life. I just want to honor him and please him, and that Come looks on. like being a good dad. That looks like being, you know, a a good friend, and and yes. putting content out into the world that makes people think and feel and reevaluate why they're living their life. And so it is. He is the source of my life. Like. At the most base level, yeah. I don't think it could get any more base than it is.
0: Hey, man, bro. I just, I fall in love with you more every time I talk to you. And this is just one of those I hate moments. Publicly. Dude, <laughs> don't apologize and don't worry about it. The chat's blown up saying they love you. And this is so beautiful. I believe that when we open our heart like you just did, people are given permission to actually feel what they're feeling. And I think that one of the key parts of your process was you, even though you were you wanted to die, you let yourself feel it. You didn't ignore it. You didn't shut it off. You didn't say, I, I don't feel this. I don't feel this. I don't you didn't spiritually bypass it, which is part of the Christian culture, is spiritual bypassing, which is so sick and dangerous, where they say things like, just have faith. Like I remember when my dad got cancer. And he was diagnosed. I had a a coworker who was a believer, a Christian. I told him, and then he said, "No, no, no, don't say that." I'm like, my dad just got diagnosed. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm like, what are you talking about right now? He's like, no, 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 have faith. I'm like, I called him a moron. I did whatever. Like yeah. I was wrong, but I was like, you're a moron. I <laughs> that that is not the way to process things. You can't. My one of my friends said, you cannot heal what you do not feel. You cannot heal what you don't feel. If my arm's bleeding, I got to find out where it's bleeding from. I got to feel it to find it, right? And so you let yourself feel it. And even though you're like, I don't want to want to die, but I want to die. I love my kids. The highest privilege of my life is to be a father, but I don't want to be one right now. The fact that you're honest enough with yourself to say this is actually happening in my heart is the beauty of that. I believe that's true humility. I believe that's the beginning of true repentance, because you can't repent of something unless you say it's there, unless it's actually there, right? So that all the other fakeness, like oh yeah, I I don't I don't want to admit to anyone that I have this issue or I'm struggling with this or I'm feeling anxious or I have mental health problems or I don't want to do this anymore. You know what I mean? That's not that's not walking in spirit and in truth. And you've you've just displayed in a very short moment a window into what that means to worship in spirit and in truth where you threw yourself at the Lord's feet and said, I don't want this. I don't want my life. I need your life, the life you promised. And he showed up and he gave it to you and you felt the presence of God. And now you're more in love with Jesus than ever. That's a testimony like David, like that's like biblical right there. That's Davidic stuff. I'm, yeah, people, I, you want to, you want to drama identify. read the Psalms? You want some drama? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, go I ahead. identify with David a lot like and again, you know, that scripture that says I hide your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I laugh because I memorized that so young, <laughs> and would use that so often in my life. <laughs> but now it's like, um, the word of God came back to me during those moments. And I literally felt like David was with me. Like I mm. the, the scriptures that I memorized through Psalms, they became real. Yes, like, like, save me the waters are up to my neck do you know what i mean like i wish somebody would translate that into modern vernacular because it wouldn't be all cute and pretty like oh the waters are up to my neck like i mean he was he was at the end like he was so whatever he was going through whether it was anxiety or depression or whatever it was something where he felt like life was too much for him to handle right you know and and god used those cute scriptures that i memorized when i was younger um to be such a anchor to me in those moments of despair
0: absolutely Um, and david had like you said he resonated i understand david had the loss of a child uh he had you know betrayal from his children he had you know absalom trying to take his kingdom he had that he literally uh, at one point pretended to go mad but i wonder if he actually went a little mad sometimes and just reading it like if you just read the psalms dude like it's it's really intense, you know, and it's I tell people the Bible is not boring if you just read it honestly. But anyway, yeah. I I I just appreciate that. And so if I can hear, if I can just feed it back to you, what I hear you saying is in the worst moments of your life, you felt the true goodness of God come through because you truly came to God.
1: Yes. And, and I think I for the first time saw how much <laughs> my feeble attempts before of coming to God didn't even pale in comparison to, um, my heart getting that broken open and and raw. Um, and I, I understand why I understand why I didn't get it or understand it because what uh, some of the things you just said? Like, um, I remember growing up, you know, people would point out if I wore shorts and a t-shirt to church, Mm. like (laughs) that's not a, big deal and right that's that doesn't matter to jesus for sure and so it's like though that's like the foundation of how i began to understand god when i was younger and so right. then you get into more stuff like yeah fighting a mental health battle or um you know having a very rocky marriage that you don't know if it's going to survive or not like right that, that gets us but again like you said there's a pressure the ideal image of a christian to like put on the smiley face to once you see people at church. Yeah. God bless you, brother, or whatever. Like, you know, if I just did what I just did live here in a lot of churches, like I don't know how people would respond. Like they would want to pray for me and that's nice of them, but like, right. You know, yes, it's, 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 uh, it's not pretty. And it's not, it's not easy to walk with someone in the midst of that just because it is so raw and messy and there aren't little cute answers or cute prayers to be honest with you for that matter that can really quote unquote fix it or make it go away you know it's it is going through the valley of the shadow of death right with him right he's with us right no matter where we are
0: such a good point I read I read a book called with by Sky Jathani. I highly recommend it I talk about it all the time because he talks about the different postures we take with God and the only biblical one is with that God just wants to be with us. He doesn't want us to do something for him or have an, a mission from him or to use his principles, be over him or just be under him. Like he's going to strike us at dead. He, he, there are some elements of each of that that are biblically appropriate, but the only one holistically appropriate is with God, that God is with you in the good, in the bad, in the ugly, all of it. And he just wants to be with you because he loves you. And you also made me think of, um, just in your approach, you know, you're, I know you resonate resonate with David, but I also see a lot of the, the Apostle John, John the Beloved, because he, you know.
1: He's my favorite.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like I heard somebody say once that um, Peter was sure that Peter loved Jesus, but John was sure that Jesus loved John. And that was yeah. the difference between betrayal and commitment. Peter denied him. John went all the way to the cross. He kind of snuck his way in there. You know, he he scattered, too, but he snuck his way in there. But he was with with Jesus and and Mary at the cross. So what takes you to the bitter end with someone or what takes you to the bitter end with God or what truly walks the path together? It's not knowing that you're never going to fail someone. It's knowing that no matter what, they love you, that God loves you. So being convinced that God loves us is way better than being convinced that we love God. Thank you for listening to the Caleb Hires podcast today. I want to help you win the war for love. So go to calebhires.com, sign up for my newsletter, and check out all the amazing resources available there. I'll see you soon.